sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! Does it matter if I'm loud? No, not really. No? Yeah. Not at all. Fine. But uh, aside the fact that I just got to make sure the microphones aren't super hot, that's all. Okay. No. Like neighbors won't get mad. Yeah, sing a song. It'll be okay. It's usually a lady across the street yelling at her dog. It'll probably be nice to hear something. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
Okay. Okay. I'm not really gonna be talking like this. I'll probably be more like this anyway. So. Okay. As long as it's picking up, I could turn it up later. Okay. So. You know. Yeah, that's true. You just don't want it to be too loud. What then program is this? It'll sound. That is Adobe Audition that we are recording. I have the that, audio but into. I've never used it. Adobe Audition's pretty good. I have done. I do the podcast with it. I've done remixes in it for people. It's a good quick program. I don't know. I've never really like composed or recorded anything like a full song in it. I have a separate computer. It can do that. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a complete like multi track system. You can add as many. I don't know if does it have think, any instruments. Oh, like there's no like built in stuff to it. It's basically uh, it's like a just a flat DAW. Yeah, I think you can run plugins on it and stuff. Like I've run uh, native instrument stuff through it and machine and things like that. Uh, but I have a separate computer that I actually record all my music on. It's that third screen over there. Gotcha. I keep them separate. That computer's never touched the internet or anything. It's very much just like a I need to do that. studio computer because there's nothing worse than, you know, something getting corrupted. Yeah. Has that happened to you? Or have you like, were like been very close to it happening? I've had things disappear. Sure. Yeah. And then I have to go for some reason every time I like update my computer or I just like switch computers, I have to go back through and all of the reverse symbols that I do, I have to, they, they just disappear. And Specifically they're like, the reverse symbols? That's it. <laughs> that's it. The, so the, what, what is your reverse symbol tactic? What's the problem here? I don't know. Is it like a sep- like some special sample? Or are you doing like an effect to create the reverse no, sound? No, I so I put a literal symbol. Okay. It goes. It's normal. Like. Ch- yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll take it and I'll reverse it and I'll put that on the other side. So yeah, it's, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So you don't have, but it's not like a sample that's already reversed. You're taking. No, I'm a taking file, a, like a sample a file that already exists and then and putting then reversing an effect. Okay. It. Mm-hmm. And every time, it feels like every time I fucking go back to a song that has any of that, it, they're all like, what? I don't know so what the fuck happened. So are you pretty big on the reverse symbol? I use them. I feel like I'm pretty big on the reverse symbol too. <laughs> so that's our first connecting point. I yeah. didn't think it was going to be a reverse symbol, <laughs> yeah. but I'm glad it's something so fucking mundane mm-hmm. is that. And good segue before we get into everything i think this would be a good time to do the introduction yes we've hinted that i'm sitting here with somebody that produces music yes but possibly electronic maybe people don't know unless they already know who you are then they do i'm a country artist yeah (laughs) like a um 
like foot tapping, like the foot tap bass drums with the reverse cymbals, like Mumford and Sons. No, like Garth Brooks. Like, oh, like, yeah, like stadium country. Yes. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for listening. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Cheers. Not that anybody could hear that. That was a pretty, like, tame cheers. We'll just... I'm just going to, like, digitally enter uh, a reverse symbol into, like, a clank, even though they're beer cans. But we're drinking some... Uh, I think it's... Yeah, uh, sounds good. Yeah, Charlie's Good Tonight from Single Cut. I mentioned them on my last podcast because I just recorded one yesterday that's not out yet, but by the time people hear this, it will be out with my uncle slash aunt in New York City. And uh, yeah, I got the beer that day, but we didn't have any there because my uncle doesn't drink beer, but I'm drinking it now and it's very good. And my guest today, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, first, I want to say that if you add a clinking noise, can you just make sure that it's different every time and it is not the same exact clinking noise every episode? Well, actually, I've never done like a, an oh. actual cheers. Wait, what's that podcast where they do like... They, they pour a beer, True Crime Garage. Okay. Every episode, they, they do a sound where it's like a beer pouring into a cup, and it drives me and my husband crazy. Is it because is it's it the, the same exact sound? same one? Oh, okay. <laughs> Every time, the hundreds of episodes, the exact same one. And for some reason, <laughs> it makes us really angry. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, have, <laughs> I, I typically don't do the, the cheers. Only in more. It's a new thing. In more recent episodes, the beer and soda in the fridge has been going strong, all 150 <laughs> plus episodes. But maybe in the past like 30, I've actually gone out of my way to talk more about the beer because I've always been a beer guy. Yeah. And I just figured, yeah, why not mention it? It's a. Yeah. You know, Throw a little something different out there. Give yeah, you know, mix it exactly. up. Exactly. Doesn't all have to be about music, mm-hmm. but you don't have to put any of that in there. This is gonna make me sound super fussy. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, if you're gonna do that, then you need to do it like exactly this. Um, <laughs> no, I. It's people now that are listening that still have no idea who you are. Know that you are a producer, a musician, potentially a country stadium musician. Yeah. And that you listen to podcasts and you're particular there about you audio engineering. That's right. Yes. Okay. That is all true. <laughs> so. Well, almost all of it. Tell the people who you are. My name is Marilette. I am an electropop artist. I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> um, I am mainly a singer, but I'm also a producer, a songwriter. Um, I play guitar and violin. Nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. I just recently saw Marilette play a couple weekends ago. If anybody saw the one minute or less, uh, was it oh. how to run a successful house show? That was so cool. That one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That uh, Marilette is in that video for like a second because it's a minute and very I'm in short. It, I'm in it like three seconds. <laughs> I'm in it like yeah, three do, different times. You do times. pop in a couple times. Your head's mm-hmm. kind of popping in. Here and there. Yeah, I actually <laughs> wondered if that last font was put in a specific place so that my face would be seen popping out. I did shift it a little okay, bit. Okay, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, it made me feel really special. <laughs> because uh, 
it didn't get shifted too much because if you watch any of those other episodes, mm-hmm. it's always scattered like that. Yeah. So when I plopped that in, like I saw like the the tip of like your head come out, and I was like, oh, I gotta just like move that text <laughs> over just a bit. So yeah. it was just it was like perfect. It was good. Electro pop. Yes. Solo artist. Yes. All this stuff. Yes. Your set was a lot of fun. I hadn't seen anybody around Pittsburgh doing anything like that before. Really? And actually, the funny thing was I didn't I wasn't really familiar with anybody that was playing and I was pretty convinced that you were on tour <laughs> because you had like a very good presence with your merchandising and everything that was set up. You know, it just looked like you had your shit together. Yeah. But I've come to learn now just from a little bit of research that you're not like from Pittsburgh, but you're here now. Exactly. So I was like, well, that makes some more sense. Not saying anything bad about people from Pittsburgh, but that's kind of where I want to start this conversation is like, yeah, have a, that it was, cause where are you from originally? At least where did you start doing uh music? Originally? I am from a little town called Shirts, Texas. S-C-H-E-R-T-Z. It's a little bit northeast of San Antonio, Texas. Okay. So I'm like in between Austin, Texas and San Antonio, Texas, but far closer to San Antonio. So was that where you got started in, we'll say like the, not like either the DIY scene or a music scene in general, like playing yeah. shows mm-hmm. in San Antonio? Yep. Cool. So is the local scene in San Antonio is what you're doing in terms of representing yourself a little bit more common there. So that's why you are branding yourself the way that you are. Is it like more or less like I just had this crazy vision and I just want to do cool stuff. I just try not to half-ass anything. Sure. Um, There is not so much of a DIY scene in San Antonio here in Pittsburgh. It's more, there's a far more prevalent DIY scene. Um, And I feel like, a lot of times in DIY scenes, there's a little bit less ass given. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I so I feel like that it might stick out more that I that I give my whole ass. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> and I think the thing too is with some styles of music, that sort of half-assing it is part of the aesthetic of the genre. And yeah. it caters to it. It makes it better. Sometimes when I'm... An artist is like like, like some like punk band, but then mm-hmm. they have all this like really nice stuff. You're like full composers, <laughs> but then you see somebody, you know, it's like a electro pop artist, yeah, like you, and you know, you want to see like a really cool, bright, colorful merch display and like an outfit when you're playing, mm-hmm. and, like a very like just very visually driven. I think it's like if it was just you in you know a normal outfit with normal merch doing like music that's kind of eclectic it wouldn't click you kind of need I that. wouldn't be as successful and yeah. I think in most genres that that is the case that you need to have an image as well or people aren't going to remember you no matter how good you are you have to have the whole package or people just it's really hard to be memorable when there's nowadays so much music totally yeah so how long have you been doing music, playing shows, and how long did it take you to figure that out? (sighs) Well, okay, so the first thing I ever did was when I was in kindergarten, I, there were these things at school called, um, assemblies. 
I don't know if you ever had those. Yes, we have assemblies. Mm-hmm, assemblies. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's like just a name that my school gave it or something. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, we had those. Um, and every assembly, kids were allowed to come up and do whatever stupid talent they had. Uh, usually it was, it was like, look what I can do. And it's like, but I... Uh, one day went up there and what got me started with music was the Phantom of the Opera. And I got up in front of the school and um, I sang the theme song, the title track, both the male and the female part. (laughs) And that's where it all started. Um, That should still be part of your set. I know. There's there's so (laughs) many weird covers I wish I could do that just wouldn't. Yeah, I Go. <laughs> like, I wish I could perform Garth Brooks and just be a Garth Brooks cover band, but I wouldn't. It just wouldn't work. Um, so that's where it all started. Um, when I started actually performing out, I was 13 um, and I started performing in this troupe called River City Kids in Motion. Um, very quickly, I was put to vocal director for the troupe. It was like an 18 and under um, performance troupe. It was mostly like cover songs. And then by the time I was 14, I was the director. Um, and that was when I first experienced going out and actually doing professional gigs. And I've always... There's like a production attached to that stuff, I would imagine, too. Yes, so it was kind of you yes. came up in that rather mm-hmm. than... You know, somebody, it's like, hey, I have a guitar and I'm going to play some shows in a basement with the other kids that have their guitars. Yeah, no, we would perform at festivals and things like that. So it was, um, and ever since the beginning of that, I've, I've always gone full ass with the whole thing. (laughs) So (laughs) I, I don't really remember a time when I didn't think image, vocals, music, character story was important a Mm -hmm. lot of sense then given that Mm -hmm, yeah i've always felt very inclined to make it a show um and to have things other than you know a good voice yeah so then with the style of music that you're doing what got you into that so actually electro pop in texas it's really weird. Um, I finally decided to buckle down and start recording my first album. Um, and I was planning on doing more of a Florence and the Machine type thing. Okay. Um, I had, you know, I'd started to book studio time with harp players. I had started to book studio time with um, like world drum musicians. Um, if you ever hear my... Uh, my first song that I ever released called Catch the Sun. Um, it was very world drum. It was still pop, but it, it just had mostly like world drum and Are kind of like... Are you familiar with My Brightest Diamond at all? I am not. Um, mental note, look into My Brightest Diamond later. She's just a solo artist that does kind of started on that, you know, Florence and the Machine, uh slash Bjork slash Portishead tip. Mm-hmm. But then like over the years has kind of like taken that weird route that almost like uh St. Vincent has taken where it's like getting like more pop and more mm-hmm. electro, but still with like cool instrumentation mixed in. 
Yeah. Awesome musician. You'd probably like it. Anyways, carry on. No, no, you're good. <laughs> um, so I had started kind of thinking of doing a very like African world drum influenced pop music um, with some kind of more ethereal um, notes to it. Uh, but one day I just scrapped it all and said, I'm doing electropop. Okay. There wasn't really a reason for it. Might, it might've been because it's a little bit cheaper, but <laughs> sure. And I also- love electropop. I've always loved electropop. And I knew that if I did electropop, I would have more control over my music and it would be more of me doing the production other rather than other people you know, playing instruments, which is, which is great and fine, but, um, I I, I just wanted more control. Yeah. I was going to ask you about, you know, working with other musicians and building up a bigger show of musicians because Mm -hmm. you probably could do it, but it is a lot of work. I was, before you got here, I was just complaining because I have a full band that plays my stuff and we've had to go through some member changes over the past several months and all this difficulty and time that is taken up just by getting people to learn songs that mm-hmm. they didn't write. So yeah, so it why takes would they like care? An extra <laughs> amount of like passion and just like trust and sort of it like a leniency with those people, like a, an extra amount of patience. Yeah. To get them on board, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just like, is it fucking worth it? Like I used to play shows by myself all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, um, I did have a full band in San Antonio. Okay. Um, and the only member that has stuck around, his name is Austin Sisler. He's my guitar player. And even though he doesn't live up here and he doesn't play with me, I will always consider him my guitar player. Um, but I did have a full band and it was amazing. And I... I love playing with a full band. It just, it's easier for me because I don't, I don't feel so self-conscious. I don't feel that, oh, are people going to take me seriously because I'm playing to tracks only? I don't feel like I need to be the whole entire show, etc. But I have really been enjoying just playing solo. I will tell you that because there is a lot less work in it, you only have to work with yourself. You don't need as much patience with other people, which can sometimes be hard to have patience. It's also easier to book shows. Exactly. Because you don't have to. It's like, oh, are you available, Marilette? <laughs> oh, let me check my calendar. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, let's do the show. You know, uh-huh. I have to make sure I have like a roadie, someone to take me there because I don't drive because when I do, I crash. But other than that, yeah. So now with playing in a band, and then going back to playing solo, you mentioned how it feels weird just playing with backtracks and you. That's a big problem that I have now too. Cause I started solo, went band. Now I'm I still play shows solo now, but I'm still I'm trying to get to just doing band stuff, but it feels yeah. so weird when I'm playing a solo show. It's like I'm in a different mindset. It's, yeah. I hate it. It's I'm just it's like never is loud and I can't feel it the same way Mm -hmm. especially if you're in like a like a cheaper venue or something where yeah or there's like a sound guy that doesn't really want to turn up your uh (laughs) your laptop sound that high Uh (laughs) and you keep like trying to you know the pa can get louder but they're afraid that it's gonna blow up because you're gonna like pump something through it that is yeah i hate that (laughs) well i mean i understand where they're coming from because yeah (laughs) uh being in the hip-hop world I've played a lot of shows with people that just show up 
with a laptop or a iPod that has, you know, all of their instrumentals on a playlist, an iTunes playlist, and they're not they're not mastered, mastered. equally at exactly. all. You have one oh, song that's my like, God. and then the next one's like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Like, you know, so of course, if you're a sound guy, it's yeah. gonna be like, fuck, I don't want- That's a good point. I should probably start telling them that they're yeah. mastered professionally. Yeah, it would probably help. Like, hey, everything's mastered professionally. So EQ'd, you don't have to and worry. You'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I actually have one song that the bass kind of kills everything on earth. I don't know what's up with that, but- I guess I could warn them about that. You could. Or you could like <laughs> tweak your live master so yeah. it's not so aggressive. Yeah. What were we talking about? We were talking about performing solo versus being in a band and how it felt oh, weird going yeah. back to performing solo and how sometimes if you're at a place that doesn't have a good sound system or you're mm. working with a sound guy that doesn't want to make it equally yeah. as loud as a band. So when I first, when I moved to Pittsburgh um, and I was like, trying to find band members and it was, I was very unsuccessful. Um, I knew that I couldn't just perform with tracks because it made me feel really uncomfortable. Um, so before I moved here, I started playing ukulele and I started performing with my ukulele, but only on certain songs. And when I was 12, I started playing guitar I put it down for a long time. When I moved back here, I realized that I needed to pick it back up to make, to give my shows more legitimacy. Sure. Not just for me, but of course for the audience so that they know that I'm not. Just pushing play on a computer. Exactly. Because not everybody exactly. knows that like Ableton's a thing. Exactly. Um, so that's when I picked the guitar back up and it's been pretty easy to pick back up. And that has made me feel completely comfortable doing shows. Also, I, I do announce I produce these songs, and that and that makes me feel a lot more comfortable as well. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's important to let people know what you're doing. Yeah. Because sometimes they don't know. Yeah. So, production, stage production. Uh, how much do you think you can get away with uh, doing like house shows and small shows? Are you looking forward to like getting out of that sort of world, nothing against it. But you know what I mean? Like, no, nothing against do... it, but yes, I am. I would imagine that like, that's definitely not where I would see your imagination being capped. My it's imagination like... is not capped. So yeah. like, what, <laughs> I, what are you working on now? What's, what's next? I love house shows, but right now I'm trying to gear more towards, um, more high paying professional shows um i recently became a full-time musician so of course when that happens money is important yeah. and um plug that shit yeah <laughs> uh so i'm you know i'm gravitating more toward not just where the money is but where the money is and where i enjoy and where there are more where the opportunity more is exactly and with opportunity exactly. comes money Exactly. Money's a part of opportunity. Yeah, they, they go about, hand in yeah, hand. The vocabulary used in your head. Yeah. That's something that I struggle with sometimes. But Yeah, so um, I'm just trying to do more professional shows, less house shows, because house shows do take up a lot of time for me. They, they take up, um, you know, Saturday nights that could be 
spent summer where there might be more people to hear my music. Totally. Um, I love the atmosphere at, at most house shows. Sometimes, you know, it's hit or miss. Yeah. Um, sometimes you meet cool people. Yeah. But sometimes are. nobody comes, yeah. you know, and or it, sometimes it's like disgusting and somebody's rude to you and mm-hmm. and the people you're interacting with are kind of not great. Well, that's <laughs> the one thing that I love about the sick house a quick shout out to them and why i wanted to film that video there was because they are one of the few houses in pittsburgh that i feel comfortable going to a show at and playing a show at yeah they're so i actually hadn't played there yet cool and they i don't know everything is just good they're very professional yeah it was great i've known jackson um, since not long after i moved here So, um, when I moved here, I was on, uh, hiatus. Um, and then when I jumped back in, he was one of the first people that I talked to. Well, you lucked out there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, moving forward. So now you have all this free time. Mm -hmm. Are you working on new music? Are you working on stage show stuff? I'm working on my next album right now. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. I, um, it's about halfway done. I already have the album cover. Um, because I feel like that kind of gives me an idea of what I want the album to sound like and helps me have more of a cohesive sound uh-huh. if I have the image for it. Yeah, I always yeah. have <laughs> – I'm always – you're probably exactly the same way. I'm always planning things like way, way ahead. Like I have – I don't have the the artwork done for my album, but I know exactly what I want it to be and yeah. I'm doing the same type of shit where – I'm going through songs that I'm working on and finishing up. And then I think about that artwork and everything, the whole aesthetic of the project as a whole. And I'm like, does this work together? Yeah. Because I really, really like the idea of releasing an album. And I know a trend now would be a good question to ask you is these bands that just release songs like that. The idea of an Mm -hmm. album is kind of getting lost and I get it I understand that a lot of people don't care about listening to a full album oh, man. but I like albums oh. I think a full body of work really is what represents an artist I, I can't imagine it... my life without listening to a full album I just like that hurts me like thinking about just a full album not existing well like what about dark side of the moon like like people don't people haven't listened to that some people haven't listened to that. Like your life hasn't been changed. Like, what do you <laughs> like? It just that idea hurts me. I think that you know <sighs> it's. I, I again, I I get it, but I just think that yeah, that's that that's catering to a demographic of people that don't really care about music and people that aren't yeah. gonna become they're passive. They're music not gonna listeners. become longtime fans of you. Exactly. It's like, why do you want to go out of your way for somebody that only wants to give you three minutes of their time yeah. to listen to one song? Exactly. Because maybe you might temporarily blow up off one song. Yeah. I hate it. Definitely. I, I think about a lot that, like, the value of fans who don't want to give you much of their time. Because obviously there is some value in that, but I just feel like, It's hard. It's hard to think about having that sort of relationship with your fans when you know you could have, you know, a really in-depth, loving, heartfelt relationship 
and a relationship where they'll listen to all three of your albums back to back. Totally. I just, I, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know? It's really hard to make connections with people. I don't know how people do it on a scale. Like I, it's just, I think there's just something where if you are able to write music that connects to somebody on a level that doesn't require being their actual friend in real life. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's just maybe one of those things that you can't figure it out. You either got it or you don't. And that's yeah. what makes the greats great, I guess, is that they have that power yeah. to speak to us mm-hmm. through their music. Exactly. Exactly. I have a making friends. It shows. I've started this podcast um, about three years ago because I was really bad at talking to people. And I'm still not phenomenal, but I'm a lot better at meeting people and talking to people because I have this podcast and it gives me an excuse to talk to people. You're pretty good. I liked you immediately. Well, I I, I also sell myself short all the time because I'm an artist. You know. (laughs) I'm never happy with anything, but that's fine. Yeah. No, I know exactly what that feels like. That was going to kind of be my question is do you struggle with that? You know, getting outside of, you know the shell of creating things, you know, I like playing shows and, but there's times when I'm at shows and I just want to be home working on my own music. It's like, I'm not worried about meeting new people. I just want to create art. But then it's like, well, I got to go out and I can't just go to shows that I'm playing. I have to go to other events and be a part of this scene. That's why Mm -hmm. you see me out trying to socialize because I think it's really important. How do you feel about all that kind of stuff? I have an issue with getting out to shows. I have some social anxiety as well. But um, I also, my biggest issue is actually that I find a hard time. I find it difficult to stop listening to other people's music, to sit down and do my own. Especially there's so many exciting albums out right now that I'm having a really difficult time just being like, okay, you're done. You can stop listening to that album three times in a row and you need to work <laughs> on your own shit. You know, so that's actually my biggest challenge when it comes to outside things. I'm going to have to pick your brain about what's exciting you musically (laughs) in a moment. But before I get into that, I want to respond with my hardest thing in working on stuff is that I've gotten so caught up in all of this back end stuff, the promoting and the socializing and the business that, you know, most of my time is spent doing that. And it's important. But I don't want to be a goddamn band manager. Yeah, I want to be an artist. But and that's, you gotta you gotta do both in I today's hate that climate. Too. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm trying to gear myself more toward more money making things, so I can hire someone fucking else to do it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it also I helps. cannot wait for that day, <laughs> and I think it'll be in a year. I had um, <laughs> I had a manager for two years. And it did not work out. It was not very productive. I ended up doing a lot of the things myself still. Oh, fuck that. Um, no no hate to this person. They had, a, they had a lot on their plate. And it was very nice of them to reach out and offer to help. But, like, if yeah. you have so much on your plate, yeah. like, don't. Yeah, I, can, just, I can say it I'm for make, you. <laughs> I'm making excuses because I'm too nice. And that's another problem. That's why you're saying it to me so I can be a bitch about it. Like, <laughs> you know, why I, would you even do it if you how, had so much on your plate? <laughs> you know, it's okay. So I've gotten good at getting outside of my shell and becoming 
nice to people. There like, has been a plus talking to, to people, it. But I need to get better at learning how to say fuck you when it's deserved. <sighs> oh my gosh. And it's so hard. I have gotten so good at that in the past year. <laughs> I was in your shoes times a thousand like a year ago. And now I'm so fucking good at just like, fuck you. I'm so good at it. And I've been through so much that like, I don't know how it's taken me this long. But finally, finally, I can just say fuck you to someone. That's, I'm, I'm like, working. I'm working. In their face. I'm like you can follow me it. around and like see how it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just at least fortunate to be in a position where there aren't too many people that have wanted to say fuck you to, but there have been a few. Yeah. And I haven't said it. There's always and I'm a couple. I'm still kicking myself. And now it'd be kind of late, like five yeah. months later, be like, hey, fuck you, by the way, for that thing five yeah. months ago. And they're like, what are you even talking about? No, <laughs> do you do the thing where you like walk around your house, like, talking to yourself and you're acting like you're you're talking like them but also you're talking your words and acting like you did say fuck you to them and then what they'd say and then what I'd you'd say and then what they'd similar. say I don't know that's, I, that's I kn- what I used to do before I, I started saying fuck you but then when I started saying fuck you I don't have to do it anymore I get in these <laughs> I get in these moods when it's like I'm very much awake and I'm very much complaining about something out loud and working it out <laughs> But it like it's like I black out almost. Like you know, I don't oh remember gosh. it. You know, I just get so worked up. Y- me too. And then like, I have to like either I'm like I'm always grumbling like, about like, something. I have to like stress myself into like a nap or something. Like that's like all that will this like so me <laughs> work it out. It's like I don't want to like ha- I don't want to have a beer or do anything like that. I don't want to associate having a uh, a like a uh, something that I like with something that's that you putting hate. me in a bad mood. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, I'm fucking go to sleep. Yeah, I, I do that a lot, actually. <sighs> okay. Anything that's stressing say, me out, I, I often I'm gonna say, go to I'm going to say fuck you to somebody pretty soon. But when? Hey, what albums are you excited about? <laughs> what albums am I excited about? <laughs> yeah, that, are, that have been distracting lately. I'm so, curious. Like, what is uh, that that question combined with, you know, what are your current influences and blah, blah, blah. That boring question. Lana Del Rey's Lust for Life. Lord's Melodrama. Taylor Swift's Reputation. And St. Vincent's Mass Seduction. Cool. I really like... Uh, Los Angeles off of Massachusetts. Los Angeles. Ageless, is that it? It's Los. It's Ageless. Listen. <laughs> I, I love I listen, you. <laughs> I listen, listen. I listened to it on Spotify when it came out. Los Angeles. women Yeah, I just, come. you know, I skimmed through. I was like, oh, that's what's called Los Angeles. Okay. You really love the song. <laughs> I like the song, but you know. <laughs> it's a really, it's a good song. You know, like, listen. It's a bop. You know, I... I mean, I'm not going to – I have every goddamn St. Vincent record up to the new one. I uh, But the new one hasn't clicked What is me your yet. favorite St. Vincent record? Probably Strange Mercy. Yeah. Like that album – Oh, I like them all so much. Fuck pop music so hard in such a good way. <laughs> There's such – I just – I miss the amount of interesting guitar stuff that she used to do. Yeah. I mean, it's still Surgeon, there. Surgeon yeah. is like one of my favorite songs ever. And in Strange Mercy, when she, you can hear her breaths and 
at the end of a at the end of one of the lines, she breathes out like like so emotional, and you can barely hear it. But every time I hear that, that it just hurts me. <laughs> and I, I feel that it's. I feel like as she's evolving, she's becoming more of the person that she wants to be. And yeah. it's getting more eclectic and weird and very unfiltered, which is awesome. But I'm personally more interested in the previous stuff. Because even her last record, I wasn't like blown away by. Yeah. But I did enjoy it. That um, that one's probably my least favorite, but it's the most cr- critically acclaimed so far. Her self-titled album. And um, let me see. I'll just give you my opinions on everything. Uh, <laughs> Lana Del Rey. Everything I heard off of Lust for Life, I also was like, but I also didn't like her last album that much either. But Ultraviolence really like is like. I like her last album either. I, I, my favorite album by hers will always more than likely be her first one. A Born to Die? Mm-hmm. Which. <laughs> Born to D? Which everyone else hated, so. <laughs> no, I think Born to Die is great. I really like the. I'm more of a fan of the production on that album yeah, it's than great. anything that she has to say. I think like her vocal melodies are great and she's a very mm-hmm. good singer. But, you know, like the content is a little over my head. Like <laughs> I'm like an older white male. I don't I'm not going to connect with yeah. Lana Del Rey emotionally. Yeah. But she can sing oh. and the production on it's fantastic. So my mom, I was living with my parents and uh, Born to Die came out. And me and my best friend had that on repeat for a while. And uh, my mental health started to uh, deteriorate very quickly. Not because of Lana Del Rey, but my mother thought it was because of the <laughs> Lana Del Rey album. And my mother's not like like the, oh, Satan's getting you. Like She's not that kind of person. Totally, totally. But she threatened to take away my Born to Die album because she, she thought that that's why I was depressed. <laughs> Just a fun tidbit. <sighs> It's a good album. It's, it's a, a good, good album. album. Yeah, and and I very much can um, relate to a lot of what she says. Like very specific things too, like her older men thing. I've always been somebody that dates older men. So sure. Just, even like, such specific things. Yeah, and, me, I haven't dated any older men. Um, <laughs> so, but hey, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 maybe a part of me would be lying if I said I didn't and maybe a song or two feel like the dude she was talking about. Because you're so old. Yes, because I'm an old fart. <laughs> and I've had, uh, yeah, whatever. Lana Del Rey, good stuff. Yeah. What was the other album that you mentioned? Taylor Swift's Reputation. Yeah, I didn't listen to that either. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Yeah. So it's just like all of these albums, there's so much that I relate to. Cool. So even if somebody's like, I don't like that, it's like, well, I relate to it, which is yeah. different. That's like different than liking it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm not ever the type of person to really, it takes a lot for me to shit talk something. I have to really feel <laughs> like it is disingenuine and just like, like Millie manufactured Vanilli. garbage. Like, sure. I mean, if that's the reference you want to throw out, we could say Millie Vanilli. Like Millie Vanilli. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's, I think that there's, you know, credit where credit's due. And if music's music that's why i'm not gonna be like hey like everything i heard off of one of their rally's new album i didn't like it i'm not gonna be like it sucks i'm just gonna be like i don't know i just hasn't connected with me yeah and i mean often like when i first heard um mass seduction i was like what the fuck is this shit yeah i need obviously i need to go back and listen to it some more (laughs) i listened to it like 10 more times and i was like okay i get most of this i you know los angeles was my song (laughs) (laughs) i like pills 
You know what? Pills that too song. Quick, pills to sleep. Pills, I, pills, pills every day of the week. It like annoys me, but it annoys me so much that I kind of like it. Yeah. It's, it's like, got a get, very mechanical yeah, type I, feeling to it. It it sounds like what she's saying. She's like the lyrical content's coming out through the music in a way and making you feel like yeah. you would like in like on pills or something maybe. You know, so I get it, mm-hmm. but I'm just very much like, Ugh. Oh, I love it. I actually just saw her um, live not too long ago. Nice. A couple weeks ago. I saw her on her last album tour. She came here and I know she's going to be here again in January. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll probably go. Yeah. It was a fun show. Yeah. this uh, I highly recommend this show. I was very wary of it because she ditched her band. Oh, really? She's solo. Um, and I, I was like, oh, it's going to be like Annie Clark karaoke. Uh-huh. But it was pretty, it was pretty awesome. So, hey, listen to how the conversation goes around. Somebody else ditching a band. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. If she can do it. Exactly. You can do it. (laughs) Well, my thing was like, you have the money to pay people. What are you doing? (laughs) But it was really great. I could totally get though, um, if, you know, the focus of this show is the new material. It's not so much that. It was but, that the focus of the show was visuals. Okay. And if there was a band, it would kind of break up the visuals. So. That's one thing that um, with my band I have, I'm doing like projection mapping and all this like a big thing now. Oh, I don't and, even know how to do that. I don't want to do that. Hey, we can get into that. Yeah, I mean, that'd be it's so not really cool. like an audio podcast type thing, but, you know, uh, we can get into that. Um Anyways, I try to be really cautious of what I do because I don't want to get it to a point that it's like, why do I have this band here? Because there's so much other stuff going on that it just becomes a distraction. I don't want people to be looking at the screens and not watching the band play. Yeah. But also, if the show's that exciting, do I need the band? Exactly. You don't. We got to find out. We got to do some test runs. That's well, it. If you watch the Annie Clark show, you'll be like, guess I don't need the band. And I was thinking a lot actually just today about the last time I saw. Deantverd. Oh my God. They don't get me started on. Oh no. <laughs> well, I, okay. I don't know if your feelings are positive or negative, but their live show, you know, it's just them and some dancers and uh-huh. this crazy, like crazy light show uh-huh. and all this fun stuff. I feel like your your negative is where we're leaning. Well, That's no, fun. okay, okay. But it's just like that was the <laughs> thing though. It was just like you know they had a very loud, fun show, and it was just them uh-huh. and visuals. Uh huh. Okay, so what what's your grief? What's going on here? So I don't think they're untalented or anything like that. <laughs> they are the only music in my whole entire life that I've ever listened to where I've been uncomfortable. And well, that's not, interesting. And, and, and like, like n- not in a good way. Like I can't listen to it. Like I like I watch one of their music videos and I just like my skin starts crawling. Huh. And I just can't. Like somebody's like, you want to watch Chappie? I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like nothing against them. Like they're they've done a thing very successfully. And they know what the fuck they're doing, but I cannot participate in it. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't know what it is about it. They're 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 fun. I, I think that 
And all of my friends love them. I go to a party, they're playing them, and I'm like, no, no. <laughs> they're very, they're very abrasive. They're very much themselves, which I always appreciate. Even well, if I it's feel something like they are kind of a character though. Oh, they well, 100 percent they are. Yeah. I don't I don't, fe- know- I don't feel that they're really being themselves, but they're very much being their character. Well, I don't know how much you know about their background and all the music projects that they had together before this that were different under mm-hmm. different pseudonyms and things like that. And there's a really awesome documentary on them that somebody made, like a fan documentary that's on YouTube mm-hmm. um, that talks all about the the history of them. And it's just fascinating how much stuff they did and how much work they put into everything that they're lot. doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're very hard workers. I, I can't actually say anything bad about them. It's just my reaction to them <laughs> is negative and my, and I, in my brain and I can't undo it. And it takes a lot. It takes a lot for it. Well, I guess it's a lot. You know, I, if, if I was going to be, I, I wouldn't have, I don't know. I wouldn't have taken, and it just surprises me. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say that. Really? About them. Yeah. Maybe well, I, I feel like I just, people either love know, them so much that they talk about them or they like see heard, them once, hate them, and then never talk about them again. Yeah, I know. So. I definitely know people that are like, oh, fuck them. But it just kind of comes never from a, heard that. It comes from a place of like uh, just not getting understanding it, it. Not getting it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I totally get it. But my brain just the bugs start crawling. <laughs> I think that they would probably take that as some sort of a compliment. Oh, they'd be like, oh, good. That's what we meant to do. Uh-huh. And they're probably mad that that doesn't happen as much and that so many people are just like, yes. They're probably like, why aren't you uncomfortable? <laughs> I feel like there's maybe at this point I doubt it, but I think when they started and they were picking up a lot of success, I think part of them was a little mad that <laughs> this was the thing that worked. Yeah. You know? Uh, They're like, why I've, aren't you more uncomfortable? Well, I saw an interview with Ninja and they were asking him about his – the. Max normal stuff what he was doing before, mm-hmm. and he walked out of the interview. It was just like you didn't. He's like you motherfuckers didn't want to talk to me about this before when I was doing this, and now you want to talk to me about it. Fuck you. Yeah. Oh man, I've watched so many walkout interviews. <laughs> I actually, that's like one of the things. That I feel keeps... like that's the key. Like one of the keys of making it. If you get to a point that you can just like walk out of an interview and it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, I'm gonna walk you... out of this one. Then that means I'm successful. I'm just gonna walk out. <laughs> Well, it has to be like a, a, a reputable program. Well, that's selling yourself short. <laughs> no, one of the things that distracts me from creating music is, um, well, distracts me from everything. It's like watching celebrities get mad. And it's, it's not like I like them being mad. It's like a, yeah, yeah. Like I sit at the computer. I'm like, yeah, you should be mad. Fuck that interviewer. Fuck that interviewer. There's this one interviewer that that is just awful. He's interviewed uh, Samuel L. Jackson. He's interviewed the guy from IT Crowd. He has interviewed... Um, is he, like, famous for being a bad interviewer? Yes! <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. He's terrible. <laughs> like, oh, he... Quentin Tarantino, right? He was interviewing Quentin Tarantino, and he would not drop the question. He, he just kept hammering and hammering him of, like, so why do you think violence and and 
violence in movies and violence in real life doesn't have anything like talk about it talk about it talk about it. and quentin tarantino was like no 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 and he was like no you're gonna I, i'm here to ask you questions and i'm here to ask you serious questions They're like no i'm not gonna answer that question and he's like well why not i wonder what <laughs> and so when he was about to walk out i was like yeah you should and i was cheering I him almost, on like instead of making music i don't <laughs> i don't I don't condone that type of behavior of like annoying a famous person. He is annoying all but, people. But like <laughs> how I almost envy his ability to not, to not give, give a, a fuck. shit. How do you do that? I don't know. It's like paparazzi. Like they don't, see, they don't feel shame. Yeah. There's like no empathy I don't understand or something. how it's, they don't feel shame that their fucking job is like the scum of the earth. Like how do you not feel shame like i i fucking trip once and i like on the ground on nothing and i feel shame and they fucking make people sad all day long and people yell at them they hate then they feel nothing how do you do that i wish i could do that i don't know maybe i don't know money talks maybe they but they don't make that much yeah, i mean you figure if you just like get a microphone and yell at somebody for you know a half hour and then you get a few thousand dollars or something that's not too bad or maybe you're just a shitty person i think that's and you're it. just having fun <laughs> getting paid to be a shitty person getting paid to like make miley cyrus mad yeah how do you feel about miley i love miley cyrus okay i like her a lot yeah i have nothing bad to say yeah um i don't really have anything she's gone through a lot of changes yeah it's and hard I to keep up her yeah, for making yeah. it through them yeah because i don't know how i I don't know how I would fare going through all those changes. And her new music is wonderful. I don't know anything about it. She has this song called Younger Now. You should listen to it. I think of she seen- went on like MTV or something and, and she had a bunch of old people dancing with her and it was awesome. Okay. Yeah. And it was like, I guess it was combating ageism because some of the old people like started like making sexual emotions uh-huh. and like feeling Miley up. And I was like, yes. Ageism is terrible. Anybody should be able to suck a dick without without feeling bad about it. <laughs> I just get so mad. Yeah. I, I get so mad when people are like, oh, my grandma. Oh, that'd be so. And I'm like, no, that's wonderful. Like my grandma and grandpa have so much sex and I'm like so happy for them. They should. And I'm so happy for them because so many marriages after that long, they go stale. No, my grandma and grandpa are still chasing each other around the bedroom. And I'm so happy about that. That's fantastic. They're fucking amazing. (laughs) So (laughs) my grandma's probably going to get mad that I say this. But um, (laughs) one of the funniest stories that I have about my grandma is um, one Christmas, everyone's opening presents, whole family around. And um, it's her turn to open the presents. You know how you take turns, you know, so everyone can see, you know, what you get. Yeah. It's her turn. And she opens this present and it's like one of those three-pronged back massagers. You know what I'm talking about? Uh They have like the button, like they vibrate, you know, (sighs) three-pronged. She opens it and she she's drunk. Okay, she's drunk. This isn't like sober. She's drunk. And she opens it and immediately says, oh, great. Now I can play with myself. And my mom was just like, Mom! <laughs> and, and 
And my grandpa was just like nodding his head like, yep, that's my wife. <laughs> oh, Norma. <laughs> she's always been, she's a hot grandma. She's always been a cheeky lady. She used to do belly dancing in Germany. Oh. she's Yeah, so she's, she's the sexiest grandma you'll ever see. My Mexican grandma. My white Mexican grandma. <laughs> she's she's 100% Mexican, like, culturally. Yeah. Uh, well, not culturally, but, like, genealogically. That's a word. <laughs> we know what you mean. <laughs> but she she knows, like, hola. And she probably <laughs> says it wrong, like, half the time. So, that's my grandma. I like it. Yeah. and And my mom's pretty much the same. Hey. I have cheeky ass ladies in my family. And here, yeah. <laughs> and look what happened. <laughs> look what happened. Yeah, this <laughs> this fucking happened. <laughs> so we touched up a little bit on what you're doing currently. Mm-hmm. We're going to be wrapping up momentarily here, but I don't want to leave anything out. Yeah. So what would you like to plug or make people aware of that's very important that we cannot leave out? So, um, I guess the the subject material of my music. Um, yeah, I have. I completely <laughs> skated right past that one. Yeah, let's get into that. Yeah, that's actually the most important thing to me. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't ask about it. How fuck. dare you? Yeah, what the fuck? I'm a fucking cunt. Sorry. What? The- <laughs> Weird thing. One of the uh, one of the things that was kind of um, jarring for me when I moved to Pittsburgh was was the fact that that people use the word cunt. Oh. We don't do that in Texas. Oh. Huh. Yeah. So there's that. But. <laughs> and, and now I am, can comfortably say the word cunt, whereas before I could not. Thank you, Pittsburgh. That's what you have added On to my life. On behalf of Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> Yin's welcome. <laughs> Um, so I have outliers like the songs about cannibalism and that's kind of an outlier Uh, most of my music has to do with personal experience which cannibalism I don't have personal experience in sometimes you just gotta write a song you have a fun idea yeah yeah I mean I've always been a fan of the Donner Party Wikipedia page so I had to do something with it and, and funnily enough, somebody actually contacted me to talk to me because they were getting their PhD in history and they were like doing their um, their dissertation on the effect of the Donner Party on culture. <laughs> and, just somebody, and, here, and here you are. Somebody I didn't know tweeted like, oh, 98.3 San Antonio song about Donner Party, Donner Party cannibalism. And she was like, what? And then like found me. And uh, so that's the outlier. But um, most of my music is about mental illness or sexual assault. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which very unfortunately I have uh, lots of of experience with. Uh, But then again, it's brought me here to who I am today. And I'm getting married next month. So not all men are terrible. So there's that. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. On the Thank marriage you. next month. I'm very excited. And I asked him. So obviously <laughs> I'm very excited. Moving so <laughs> you know, moving forward lyrically, do you find yourself getting to a point when, you know, maybe you will 
step above that subject matter? Do you want to stay in that realm? I guess it's like a weird thing, you know? It's so weird. So I started getting, I, I kept writing songs, you know, after I released my first album. And I started getting angry that I kept writing about, you know, my ex-boyfriend that raped me. I started getting angry that I kept writing about like, oh, when I was 11, I was, this happened to me. I like sure. these two things, these two very big things that happened to me that changed my life and the effects they had on me, you know, on my family, um, more my family financially. Um, and then with me and my family emotionally, and then with me, my mental health, just, I, I actually couldn't finish high school because of it. Um, I did graduate, but I had to go to online school. And with that, I actually used that as a, as a way to record my first album as well. Um, but I started getting angry that I, that I couldn't stop writing about those things. Um, and that that was the first thing that would come to my mind when I sat down with pen and paper. Um, there have been some other things though that have happened recently that have kind of taken my attention away from it. And they are bad things, but it's really refreshing for me to not be writing about that time I got raped or that time I got molested. Sure. Um, so recently I've had some falling out with family members and it's been pretty terrible, but I'm writing about something else. Mm -hmm. And it's part of me is like, oh, I really hope that my album isn't just me being angry at my family members but the other part of me is like, oh, it's really nice that my whole album is about isn't about me being sad that I tried to commit suicide because I got raped. Sure. Like Sure. You know, I think that a part of the reason why going back to albums, why I like yeah. putting together albums, because looking back on any album that I've put out, it's a snapshot of my life in exactly, that time. Exactly. And there's exactly. a lot of stuff that I I you couldn't fit that on. in one song. No way. No. And there's stuff, you know, I look back on some albums in like a good way. And then there's parts of my yeah. life that I'm like, wow. Like, I don't want to listen to that album. I can't believe that I was there. Yeah. But I'm glad that I got Now I'm here it. because I was there. So it's like this, this weird, like a, like a scrapbook, like an audio scrapbook of my yeah. life. Because I'm exactly. very similar to you in the sense that like I don't write a song just to write a song. It's always about something that happened. Oh, or how I wish I could do that. that happened. Oh, like, how I wish I could do that. Do what? Just like write a song just to write a song. Yeah. Like, oh, this is going to be a hit. Oh, no. <laughs> That's like the whole I sit down and I'm like, please let me just write a song just to write a fucking song. And then I sit down and my brain's like, Hey, remember that one time when you were a kid and your parents divorced? And I'm like, no. And then sure. my brain's like, hey, remember that one time when you were raped? And I'm like, no, stop. Oh, my God. Why can't I just fucking write a song about nothing? But it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't happen. It can't happen. And I've kind of come to accept it. Yeah. I, the other, the metal band that I'm in, I, you know, I didn't, so I have two different projects. And then, you know, you get, I was, in a situation where I don't want to write about the same things in two different projects. Yeah. So, oh, but that's with, so hard. <laughs> with the metal band, though, because of the music, I find myself it's easier to kind of write like fictionalized, like mm -hmm. fantasy cool stories because I have this like yeah. roaring like guitar melodies behind me and it's not like weird electronic hip hop dark stuff that already sounds like miserable yeah. kind of. <laughs> you know, it's a lot more like, ah, so... I've gotten a little bit better at it, but I still struggle 
a lot more with writing material for that because it's just, you know, I'm rather than pulling from the world that already exists in my head, I'm trying to create a new world Mm -hmm. and feel like I'm, I'm familiar enough with that world to create, to build art out of something that I created. Yeah. You know, it's like almost like creating the world is an art in itself. And then you have to go in and like paint a picture from that picture Mm -hmm. to get yourself a story. Yeah. Yeah. And I've thought about um, doing other projects because of that. Because when I'm just sitting alone, it's very hard for me to um, to get away from the sure. usual subjects that, that haunt me at night, you know? Have, um, you know, you are doing your, your solo music and things like that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever considered, like, working with other people on other projects or just doing something else that's still solo but different? Um, well, I, I thought about, you know, being a part of a... I've kind of thought about being part of a rock band... Um, but I just, right now I have so much going on that I can't even think about it. I would have to do it like in between albums and kind of, uh, syncopate album releases and whatnot. It's just, oh, it's so much. So yeah, it's, trust me, I'm living in it right now because right when I'm in the middle of just the album cycles are lining up. So it's just like, we're finishing up. I'm in the same pro, like the same, uh, progress point pretty much with both albums right now mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. too much to like i guess it's convenient because at least my brain's in the same mode for both things like gotta take but care of the artwork lot. for this the artwork it's a for lot the, oh, yeah it's too much <laughs> it's double my, everything my big thing that i always say and some people disagree with me and they're wrong but they disagree with me and that's fine it's just that you know you have that if you're i put my life on a pie chart and it's like so you only have that's your 100 percent and the more things that you try to do, you got to split it up, right? Like if the a day, that pie chart's a day. Yeah, and but then if you want to be successful at like something, time. yeah, you want to be successful at something. You want to give it as much to one hundred percent as you can. So if I'm trying to do ten things, I can only give each of those things ten percent of my one hundred. Yeah, I feel like that is one hundred percent true when it comes to time. I feel like some people have brains where it's not a pie chart. Like there's no 100%. So that's well, those me- are the people that don't get things done. Nothing against them. <laughs> uh, it's just, I, I know feel- someone like that. <laughs> we know someone like that where they, they feel like there's like, yeah, if you feel like there's just one, there's no 100%, there's only go. Yeah. A lot of times there's, there's just. Yeah. I don't think that there's a, you know, I was talking with my uncle about this last night. My uncle's been working on this book for a while and you know just kind of discussing with him you know that fine line between taking your time with something mm-hmm. and just you know convincing yourself that you're just you know fucking off, or not telling yourself that you're like just fucking off like getting comfortable with taking time to the point that you just don't do anything yeah yeah like that's when it's bad to be a perfectionist when you let it go so far to where you you never get anything done because it's never good enough. You have to at one point just be like, fuck it. Usually if I get reach a point with a, a song, we'll say, and like I catch myself like nodding my head or just being like, this is fucking it, then it's like, okay, that's probably it. Like if I yeah. if I was able to spark that genuine reaction out of me, yeah. we're probably pretty close. I mean, if only half the songs recorded vocally, I still got to record the other half. Yeah, I can't just stop right there. But you know, I don't <laughs> no, want to think about it too much more. Yeah, I I try point. to listen to it from not being me. That's how I do that. 
see if it's done, listen to it as not me. When you're composing music, do you try to think about um, what an outsider, how they would take in the information that you're giving them? Like, I think that, like, this would be, like, I don't necessarily want to put an extra hook here, but I think it would be really catchy for the listener, so I'm going to do it. Or do you Not until stay the end. selfish? Not until the end. I stay selfish till the end. And then I think about it. And then I make changes where I see fit at the end. I think that yeah. that's something that's super important, especially if you want to have a pop attached to your sure. genre. Is but just... with my subject material at the very big, at the very core, it's for me. Totally. So I wait until the but like, end. Yeah, for like it's terms of like structuring a song and mm-hmm. oh, I very much go by the verse, chorus, verse, chorus, yeah. bridge, chorus. I um, oh, like maybe a year or two ago, I went out of my way and listened to a lot more pop music than normal. Like what? Tell me more. Um, just anything that I could take in. To be completely honest, just like going on Spotify and like mm-hmm. listening to whatever playlists were there. Who'd you listen to though? Tell me some people you listen to. Um, I could tell you some people that really stuck with me that I found that tell really me, aren't me. like super pop artists. Uh-huh. But um a lot of just like radio stuff. Um a lot of radio rap stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like, like Drake, stuff, like, did you listen to Drake? I listen yeah, listen to some Drake. Drake you know, like, seems like, like stuff such from like sweetheart. Drake to like uh 21 Pilots to like Something a little bit more obscure, like of Monsters and Men, mm-hmm. who was a band that I actually ended up loving that I didn't yeah. think that I would love. They're a phenomenal band. And then to stuff that's like a little bit more like psychedelic, but still in that range, like the Tame Impala stuff, which uh-huh. is like pff, yeah. fucking love that stuff. But that's stuff that like was really off my radar. Mm-hmm. And just getting into yeah. how either these artists or the producers that are writing their songs how they're formulating stuff, why they're formulating it. Jack and Antonoff. Why, it's all Jack Antonoff. <laughs> why they're putting, you know, things the way they are and trying to understand it and trying to mm. embrace the power of less is more. Yeah, yeah. That, and that kind of got sparked with me with Lord when I first heard her music. It kind of inspired me to do a lot less. Um, I think that there's a – just because you can do something doesn't mean you should be doing it all the time. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, it's like I could probably – get one of those beer hats and drink like three or four beers at once. It doesn't have a name. The be- beer um, hat? The beer hats? It's probably. A, I don't know what they're called. That mean that I should do it. Yeah, no, that's not probably a good idea. You How know. old are you? I am 32. You definitely shouldn't do that. No. That's ageist. <laughs> Fuck me. God damn it. Okay, I'm going to hell. <laughs> well, no, I definitely shouldn't do it because as I am getting older – my body is reacting a lot differently to the Very things that I'm putting. Very negatively, yeah. It's reacting differently to the things that I'm putting in it, and I need to start paying a lot more attention to what I'm eating and yeah. how I am treating my body because I'm not no, getting any you. younger. And, you know, yep. I don't know if you figured this out, but I'm not necessarily like a football player <laughs> or, uh, you know, somebody that's like super active, unfortunately. Probably the yeah. most active I am is on stage. Other than that, I am just behind computers same all here. the time. It's same here. Yep. And that's sucks. I'm not active. I want to get one of those desks with like the fucking treadmill or something. Oh, like running that. sucks though. But, but I mean, like I, I could. I pace. wish I liked it. Oh, people that love running. Oh, I'm so jealous of them. <laughs> but anyway, um, one thing I find weird is people always ask me, um, 
Like, oh, oh does it does it feel good to like write about those bad things that happen I to you? I didn't ask you that. No, 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 no. That's just something that <laughs> yeah. people so always people, ask yeah. me. Yeah. Um, that I always am like ready to answer and I'm just like done with it. Uh, but people always ask me that, but I Do you um, think that that's a question that people ask because they haven't gone through anything maybe like that so they don't get it or maybe I feel they're like just it not actually, artists? No, I feel like I feel like writing things does help uh help some people. Um so I guess I shouldn't be done with it. I should just respectfully <laughs> answer it. Um but no, I uh I I write things about bad things that have happened to me and then it's just Oh, I have a song about that. I'm still pissed. <laughs> sure. Do yeah. You, do you think that there's a way for you getting that out there, somebody who's going through something similar can find that and grab yes. something positive from it and empowering? Or is it like more like that happened, it sucked, and there's no happy ending? No. I definitely feel like – so I find – I, I'm – I – for myself find it very important to publicly talk about like mental health and sexual assault just because it happens to so many people both of the things and the more we talk about it the more um that the taboo is broken on both of those things because it's stupid for there to be taboo on it when it happens to so many people that's ridiculous you know there shouldn't be this weird barrier so i try to talk about it at shows in my songs in interviews Um, and you know, the one good thing I can get out of writing those songs is that somebody will know exactly what I'm talking about and they'll be able to listen to that song. Somebody that can't write music, somebody that, you know, doesn't really do much creatively for themselves will be able to listen to that. Or even if they do. And it'll be like, they wrote that song. Yeah. It'll be like, I went through exactly that. I know exactly what you're talking about. And now I have a song where I can, you know, I can sing it at the top of my lungs and express that feeling without having to, you know, go through the whole process of songwriting. And even if they are a creative person, but never felt comfortable to express those things or never could think of a way to do it, you know, it could turn a light bulb on in their head that, you know, starts channeling a positive outlet for all that negative energy Mm -hmm. yeah definitely like personally the songs don't don't get any emotions out of my body but i know that talking about them you know cuts down the taboo and may help somebody else so that's why i keep doing it um i wouldn't keep doing it if it weren't for that because again it doesn't really help me much understood Mm -hmm. totally yeah but hey, just keep on living. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I I will. I uh, used to not want to. Now I'm pretty cool. So <laughs> I'm very glad that we met. It was awesome yeah. to get to meet you and see you and be like, oh, wow, I didn't know idea this person was existing. That's why it's really important to go out and do things, even if it's a house show with there's nobody seven, that you know. There's seven billion people on this earth. There are many people you will like, even if you think you hate people. Yeah. I just it's there's a lot of people locally. None of them are probably still listening now at this point because they're negative Nancy's. But what is up with that? What did you what? <laughs> I'm saying people that naysay 
a lot of things, especially like you? in this. Not yeah, I may say myself, but I love everybody else. But why, uh, why aren't they listening anymore? What do you think? They because know? they're you know people that are. There's nothing cool in the city. Oh, blah blah blah. That's like that, old Yinzers. That's like that. They think a, there's nothing cool in this city. That's bullshit. Well, there's people that are my age and people really? I know that play in bands. And they they're only like, this go, city sucks. They go to their band show. They will set up. They'll play. And then they leave right after they play. That's bullshit. And you like, never should do that. That's so disrespectful. And I'm like, yo, like, have you seen this? Like, I saw uh-huh. this. I saw the, you know, I saw Marilette play. And it was fucking awesome. You would love it. Oh, like, whatever. Like, yeah. it's just like people were always overlooking the stuff that they have around them. Because That's they don't. There's- always something to enjoy yeah. in every genre and every artist like even if you don't like them there will be something hopefully <laughs> i deal with it good. all the time and again that's another it's part of the reason now i mean i started the podcast because i wanted to socialize i wanted to meet people and yeah. now why i keep doing it is because i see somebody that's doing something cool in a house when there's 20 people there, yeah, I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> I got to let people know about you and what you're doing. So, hey, come on and talk. Yeah. And maybe it'll that's bring great. some more fucking people your way. Yeah. That's honorable. Because you're doing cool stuff. Thanks. And I think it's important. I don't know I if care. you mean the royal you or, or specifically you. Specifically you, <sighs> Marilyn. That's so nice. And I'm excited for new music yes. and everything else that comes in the future. Now that you are full time, you're going to have a lot of time to work on this stuff. Yeah. Is there a way that people can contribute to you and your efforts as an artist? Very much so. I feel like you already know about this. <laughs> so if you want to hear my demos before I ever release my album months before, you can um, contribute to my Patreon uh, which you can find on www.patreon.com slash You donate a dollar per thing that I release and you can hear all of my demos before I release them. So it's a pretty good deal. Also, I'm from now until $100 when I get to the $100 goal that I have. Anybody in between now and then will get their name in my album liner notes. Um... Like a thank you type yeah, of deal. Yeah, like, for, yeah. Like you will get thanked in my album liner notes until I get $200 and then all the people past that will not. So jump on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, people can find – you have a YouTube account. And I you have, have YouTube. I'm on Spotify. Like on Google, if, if you type my name in, the stuff will come up. So that's important. Mm-hmm, yeah. Will my name be spelled on the, on the title of this? Yeah. Okay, cool. It's kind of hard to spell. So, and you can spell it out if you want, but if you're no. listening, just look at the goddamn screen. It's yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, and you can find me on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, uh, Facebook, Facebook, uh, Instagram. I'm going to my um my country artist. Uh, you can really find me about, on Twitter. We never talked about Garth Brooks. I was curious oh, about that. I fucking the- love him. I was crying before I came here listening to one of his songs. Okay. That's all. 
we can leave it I at grew that. up in Texas, okay? Yeah, no, I know. I uh, No, that was the, that was the thing. I, you, I, I'm very aware of you telling me that you grew up in Texas. And I'm very aware. Garth Brooks yes. is very important in Texas. I get it. Okay. Okay, I get it. He's okay. like the Permani sandwich of Texas. No! <laughs> I love Permani sandwiches. He does sandwiches. not fucking have french fries on him. I eat Permanis and I cry. Because I love it so much. I feel sad for you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for coming over. Thank you. Be sure to check out her stuff. And I guess I will do an outro. And that's all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Marilette, again, thanks for coming over. You don't got to pick up the mic. You can't. Yes, you I just did. Cool. Sounds great. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. If you don't already know, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and everywhere at The Real Sykes. If you like podcasts, subscribe to me on iTunes. Subscribe to me on Stitcher. Right I'm now. I'm on TuneIn. I'm on all kinds of nonsense. I'm there. You can find me if you're into it. And yeah. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2017. Marilette has something to say. Thank you for listening. That's, That's all. I normally go, woo, woo, and then thanks for listening. Whoop, woo. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Now, um, call back. I'm going to have your thanks for listening at the end of every episode now, like that clank of the beer. <laughs> Where's the key ring? If you go through the kitchen and then to the left and then on the opposite side of the steps, or you can just pee on the steps, that's fine.